Welcome to the Left of Straight Show, where we talk entertainment, music, books, foodies, and more each week with special guest interviews of interest to the LGBTQ community and our straight allies. Direct from the entertainment capital of Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio. Your host, Scott Fullerton, chats with some of your favorite entertainers, celebrities, newsmakers, and behind-the-scenes people across the country and around the world who make it all happen. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and let's start talking. of Straight Show. I am your host, as always, Scott Fullerton. I'm so happy to bring you interviews from our fantastic LGBT community and straight allies from the worlds of entertainment, foodies, books, music, and advocacy. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing back one of my most favorite and frequent guests to the left of Straight Show, Mr. Terry Ray. He's an amazing writer, director, producer. He's done it all, actor, of course. Um, Terry's a force to be reckoned with in the world here. Um, theater, television, film, the interwebs, crazy with web series and everything. Been such a good friend of the show, and I can't wait to catch up with him. Mr. Terry Ray, how the heck are you? Scott, oh my gosh, it's so good to talk to you again. And, you know, those flattering intros make my head, my bald head swell. Well, you deserve every accolade that's given to you, my friend, and more. Of course, I stalk you on social media, but we haven't had a good sit-down chance to talk for years now, right? It's been a bit. We need to catch up. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm so excited to bring you here. I mean, you've had so much go on in your life as we talked about off-air. You've got a new theater company we're going to talk about. You've got mom from my area of Ohio here back in California or to California with you now. <clears throat> Electricity's going gangbusters. So I don't even know where to start. Let's start with mom. Talk about bringing mom <laughs> to California. How exciting is that to have I a family mean, back? I know. Never I have I had my family so close before. So it's pretty exciting. She's only about 100 yards that direction. So um, she's very close. And I never thought she'd leave Ohio, but all of a sudden she said, I'm ready. And I was, what, what? You're ready? So we found her a place really close to me and it's great. I see her every single day. She's making me fat because she cooks for me constantly. Even though I tell her I'm on a diet, she was like, well, how about just spaghetti? And of course I love spaghetti. So, you know. Pushing the girls down. But yes, it's great to have mom. I'm having a wonderful time with her being here. And it's Mother's Day this week. Uh, well, recently, by the time you air this, whenever it is, we uh, I get to spend Mother's Day with her and birthdays and holidays. So it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, we're taping this Mother's Day weekend. That's very exciting to be able to have that and not have to worry about how she's doing back in Ohio. Now, your brother came out to help her move. Does the rest of your family still live in Ohio or where's the rest of the family? everybody's in California now. So the, no one came no. to visit me before. Now mom is the draw. I, I totally understand that she is the draw because since she's moved here, everybody's come. So she's the big headliner. Nice. 
it seems to be the trending thing to do. We have uh, Jason Stewart living with his mom in Palm Springs now. All you L.A. transfers are going where the cool kids are in Palm Springs, right? Jason's mom and my mom like each other. It's all incestuous. It's all good. <laughs> we put our moms <laughs> at each other at parties. And they just well, we're going to catch up and talk about all sorts of new things. But, I mean, we have to uh, go over some of your uh, your previous things. I mean, you've been doing this for so long. Fantastic. After it started back in the day on game shows and then went to uh, everything else, talk about um, how you feel in general um, with the way everything, because you're just so busy these days. I mean, you've always worked and you've always made projects for yourself, but now you're just in demand all the time. Uh, you know, I, I moved to Palm Springs and you think, oh, you're moving away from L.A., but L.A. is just so close. You go there when you need to. And I have been so crazy busy since I've moved to Palm Springs. It's it's this uh, opportunity to start an LGBTQ theater has been off the charts. My friend Steve Rosenbaum and I, who's directed Electricity and several other things I've written, uh, the the LGBTQ theater here in town closed and we were like, we have to do it. And uh, we started a nonprofit and we opened, when we opened the first play that I wrote a new play called The Lincoln Debate, which I'd love to talk about, um, we had $4.95 in our bank account. And now we've had our first season and we're doing fine. And um, it's just crazy how it's been. And, and, and I, <laughs> I, we we didn't we couldn't afford the rights to anything, so we had to do plays that I wrote, so we could screw over me as the writer instead of somebody else. So, uh, and I had to I played I played a lead role in every play except for one, and then in that one I had to step in with eight uh, with three hours notice to play the <laughs> to play a lead role because somebody couldn't make it. So I've been memorizing and doing amazing. I'm going to do some amazing roles and. Uh, We've gotten to work with all these terrific actors and we have people submitting their plays to us constantly and uh, the community support's been wonderful. So all these different things, plus other projects are happening and I am busy and I'm loving it. I bet. Well, we'll go ahead and start there. I mean, we'll start with Bent Theater because that is such an amazing story to talk about. Um, now, what was it? It's not the Desert Rose. That's a different theater, right? They or closed. did you take over the Desert Rose? They closed down. And, okay, uh, so you did take over Desert Rose. Right. We, we, we didn't take over for them. We had to start fresh. Uh, uh, their space was, you know, they were very ambitious during the, the um, pandemic, and they, they renovated this amazing theater, but the cost is so high, and we just couldn't assume that. And so we wound up uh, partnering with the Palm Springs Cultural Center, which is the old Camelot movie theater, in which they're starting to have theaters. They converted one of their spaces into a theater, and they're going to – we actually did – a couple plays in the super gigantic uh, theater using the screen behind us. It was so great. It gives us so many opportunities to do stuff with the screen as well. It's a great space for us. And they've been so wonderful. Michael Green heads the place there. who also does Cinema Diverse, the, the film festival, the gay film festival there. And it's been a great partnership. So they just said, come, we weren't ready. We didn't have the money. And they said, don't worry we'll we'll give you a home we'll split the ticket price and you can start because if we had to wait till we had money we didn't know when we were going to start so because of that mm -hmm. we were able to just go right on up and start our first show that's amazing i didn't know the geography of it because i love camelot because those two guys used to do a lot of different film series there and talk about 
talkbacks, right? Yeah. I remember the Camelot space has that beautiful balcony up above that you can kind of no. hang out with. That's an awesome space. Oh, there's no balcony there. Um, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a really big, the main theater is really big. It's got like 500 seats, but there's no balcony. Oh, okay. I thought there was a second story up there. No. Okay. It's a great space. It's very mid-century. It was born, born. The building was born in the 60s. Um, so uh, it's got a cool architecture. And, and then they've added these other two spaces to it. And then there's an upstairs lounge where people can sing. And it's, it's really, there's so much going on there. And we're really thrilled to be given a home uh, at, at, in that space. We love it. So. Well, I'm so proud of you for putting it together. You guys have put together a great thing. Let's talk about your first play. You wrote it. Um, Lincoln. I don't know what it is with you in bedrooms, electricity and the bedroom partner of Abraham Lincoln. Talk about uh, writing the play first and talk about staging the play. Okay. So during the pandemic, it's like, I was like, I've got to write something else. So I, I, I didn't know what to write about. It was such a con confusing time. I'm like, I don't want to write the, about the pandemic because when it's over, we're going to want to forget about it. And I, and Trump was president. I'm like, the world is weird. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the future is going to be. So I thought this is the perfect time to write about Abraham Lincoln, which I've been wanting to do forever because we were born the same day and I've always been fascinated with him. And, um, and of course, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of people do, that he literally slept in the same bed with this man named Joshua Speed for four years when he had plenty of other options. And <laughs> so I, and I, and I, I've never written historical things. So I, and I wanted to be absolutely true. So I, I started doing my research and I was like, you know, there's the story of Joshua Speed and there's the story of the courtship with Mary Todd. But when you layer them on top of each other, it's shocking. Um, I couldn't go to biographies. I, ha I mean, I mean, I couldn't go to somebody who's uh, written contemporary. I needed to go to the source. I needed to go to letters and the people that were alive at that time. And so when I got that out, because everybody's already drawn their own conclusions, but when I started layering it with the letters and what's actually happening, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was, it was way different than I thought because, um, his courtship with Mary Todd was really all about, his relationship with Joshua Speed. Speed owned a store. They shared a room upstairs in Springfield when it first became the capital, and Lincoln was uh, a state representative uh, for for Illinois. And they were very happy living together, sleeping in the same room, which my sources say that because of other people talking about how they sometimes slept over too, there were two beds upstairs. Um, and no one's ever talked about that. They didn't have to sleep in the same bed. History recalls calls Speed his best friend um, and that the bed was a large double bed. But Abraham Lincoln was six feet four. The, the beds had rope bottoms. You slumped in there. We talk about all this. We show it. It's really fun. We, we have ropes and we like you know, all the actors get assigned roles. Everybody's acting a lot of different people and uh, just showing how this would be like, you know, and and then but Mary Todd, they broke up because Joshua Speed was leaving and he couldn't handle it. And, and so there's all this drama. He didn't see Mary Todd for 15 months during the Joshua Speed stuff. They broke up because Speed was going to Kentucky. He had to go back. His father died and he went to Kentucky. He left her. And then, and he didn't go back to Mary Todd until after Joshua Speed married. And he picked out Joshua Speed's fiance because they both had to get married. He knew that, but he got cold feet. And then once Joshua Speed married, then he's like, I got to do it too. And that's when he married Mary Todd. And it's and 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 Joshua Speed is not the only person that Abraham Lincoln shared a bed with. 
He did it with another guy in a store before that. And then when he was in the White House, he shared a bed with when Mrs. Todd was not in the bedroom. There's diaries from the time that time gossip. He would spend and there's a the guy who was his bodyguard would sleep in the same bed with him. So there's a lot going on. And, and you know, it was very the topic is very interesting and it's presented with humor, but also uh, heart and uh, the press loved the talk topic, so we had all kinds of press. They, people came to me to write about it. Lincoln scholars came to see the play, and I was terrified. They would come to me before the show. It's like, well, I've written a blah, blah, blah books about Lincoln, and I want to know how you handled this topic. And they afterwards, they all went. So I, I did not make anything up. I presented... I presented everything what was fact, and if I didn't know it was fact, I said I don't. We 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 said we. This is what we guess. This is our guess. This is what it might be like. So it was a really fun play, and it's a very interesting play to see Lincoln in this whole new light. I'm I'm really proud of it. Oh, you should be. I didn't know half of that. I mean, I knew little bits and pieces yeah. of some of the story. So it called the Lincoln Debates, and it played there, and you were pretty much sold out. I mean, you had to extend the run, I think, didn't you? We did, yeah. We had to extend the run um, as long as we could. We had to, and we, you know, we're losing cast. When we first started, we didn't even have, like, regular dates. They said, we well, can do a show here, you can do a show in this day, and show there. So we were all over the place. But even all over the place, we sold out. And um, it was just really, really a great, uh, great beginning. So it kind of put us on the map. And then people were like, what do you got? I was going to say, I mean, the- that not only celebrates the play that's an original play that was just put out, but it also celebrates the space, right? The Bent Theater Company. Yeah. What a way to open a company, right? Oh and so we, we made money from it. So it gave us money to put into the next play and to buy rights. And it's, and then that made money, which gave us a chance to do more for the next one. And we just finished up with the boys in the band, which was nine casts and we paid everybody. And, you know, it's, it's, we did it. <laughs> I was like that is so exciting. I'm so proud of you, Terry. And talk about the second one. I mean, gently down the stream. Um, I I've seen Daniel Bateman and Social were friends. Cute ah. man to play opposite for. Give everyone a little a rundown of what that play was about. Well, you know, Daniel Bateman, um, if you don't know him, he's not hard on the eyes. And I I do have a reputation for having very handsome co-stars. It's a curse. One that I gladly <laughs> Um, so, and speaking of bear, Daniel started the play buck naked, um, laying on a, on a, um, a bench. And it's, it's a wonderful play. It's written by Martin, um, Sherman who wrote bent. And we thought what a tie in to write somebody. Cause we called ourselves the bent because if you're not straight, you're bent. Um, and so, and Martin Sherman's alive and people that we knew knew him. And so we got connected. So we got to talk, I got to chat with Martin Sherman online and, uh, it's, it's about, something that was really, you know, foreign to Palm Springs about an older man in a relationship with a much younger man. Of course, that's never happened in Palm Springs. No one knows anything about that. So never, <laughs> never. So uh, it was, it was really a lovely thing. And then he tells, it's, it's kind of a little bit like a gay uh, Forrest Gump because this character knew everybody that's in gay history, you know, from the time of his, lifespan he had connections with them and he tells these stories and oh my god the monologues the monologues are uh like 10 minutes long and i had four of them and i had to like it's like climbing a mountain each one and i and i had a new orleans accent and uh it was a really wonderful role and i i uh we got such 
lovely reviews. I mean, this is insane. I mean, I actually, when I read the review, I started sweating because I'm like, I can't live up to this. People are going to expect <laughs> something. They, th- this one review said, Lawrence Olivier couldn't have done a better job when I was like, oh my God, don't say that. I'm like, now people are going to expect something that I can't deliver. So uh, we were so lucky uh, with all of our reviews. They've been just raves and it's it's been lovely. So You, my friend, are an amazing actor. Talk about your process. I don't think we ever talked about that. Like I've talked to Michael Urey and Emerson Collins who did uh, Buyer and Seller, which is all my own. How do you learn? I, they, I remember they took walks through their neighborhood listening to it. How do you memorize things like that? Does that come easy to you or how does, that, how does your process work to that? I've certainly had to memorize a lot this year. I've since December four major roles, but I'm old school. I just, it's just reputation for me. I don't have an app. I just sit down with the script and, 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 and memorize. And if it's conversational, it's so much easier. These, uh, these monologues were complicated for me because they are, um, it was a vocabulary that's very erudite and I, I don't speak that way. So, and, and he didn't have periods in these monologues that like a half page would be one sentence. And it was, it was very, it was very complicated. But then once I did it, once I finally got it, um, um, people really were kind and said that they thought that they weren't long, that they were like, they were interested. And I was like, thank God, because the whole time I'm learning, I'm like, am I going to be able to keep anybody's attention for all this time? So, um, but the stories were, the stories were really great. And, um, and that's the, the writers, you know, credit Martin Sherman. And, and um, I just, of course, I don't know if you saw our poster, but like the title seems, the title makes sense once you know, see the play, but the title gently down the stream sounds a bit boring. And, but the story is not. So I'm like, Steve, we have to have naked men on the poster because I know how to market. <laughs> so we did. When the sun's out, the buns are out. I'm liking it. I thought it was a very good poster. Yep. I like it. And not just the words, but your delivery is always spot on. I mean, you have some of the best delivery of lines of any actor uh, I've ever come across. I just love the way you know how to, to phrase everything you're saying. So that's really cool. I also want to go into the last one. Like I said, you just had an extended run of Boys in the Band. That's a, I wouldn't call it a controversial play, but it's not the most uplifting and the people are not the most nice characters all the time right. when you look into it. So it's not, it's, it's kind of, how does that, how was it to take on a role, uh, a play such as that? Well, to be honest, I wasn't a really exactly a fan of the play at first. I, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't really like these characters. And, um, nice. but then it was, um, you know, we decided we're doing it and I, I'm going to play Michael, which is the the main guy who's hosting the party and the one who gets super duper nasty. I really like, it took me, it took me a while to finally go, I, I get him. He is, he's trying. He is, he, unfortunately he's an alcoholic, but on top of that, he gets hostile when he's drunk and he's, he's, um, he's falling, he falls off the wagon during the course of the party. And at the end, I was like, there's a, there's a scene at the end where he, he, regrets what he's done and i'm like i have got to earn that i have got to earn that i'm sorry and um i think we did it i i i it it was um the comment that we got the most is like um crazily and and uh, i and steve rosenbaum my partner with the band steve rosenbaum 
our artistic director at the event, Steve Rosenbaum, directed every play at the event. S Steve helped me get there to um, to find that redemption. And um, people said they never, never understood Michael in their previous versions until this time, which was so, so sweet. Um, do you know who Imris Cooper is? He's super. Who? Im who? Imris Cooper. Uh, oh. He's... He's a wonderfully handsome actor who played our cowboy, and his partner is an actor named Donal, who's best friends with Zachary Quinto. And um, Zachary was in the Broadway revival recently, and Donal left me this message afterwards, and he said, "I saw the revival many, many times because I'm and I didn't know Donal. He was like, I saw the revival many, many times with Zachary, and he said, I, I, I didn't like these people, and I until I saw this production in Palm Springs, I finally understand it." And he called up Zachary Quinto, and he said. I just saw a better production in Palm Springs than what you did off Broadway. <laughs> and he said, and Zachary just laughed and said, great. It's like, but that's the kind of response we got. It's just been crazy. And, and I, I, I don't hope, I hope this isn't sounding braggy because I'm just, I'm just amazed. I'm just, I'm, I'm just amazed at how lucky we got and how graciously people accepted everything. No, because that is high praise. Because like I said, I've seen a, a couple of productions of it, and it's not my favorite story by any means. I mean, Jim Parsons did the movie thing, and I mean, he played Sheldon as Smarby, but you liked him. But in the movie, uh, you didn't like him at all. I mean, it was uh, it's hard to redeem that character. So, I mean, that's good on you for being able to take on something like that and get those kind of notes, because I, I have trouble with it. It's yeah, not my I, favorite I, play because it is a dark play. Totally did have trouble with it too. I agree with you. And, but then our, we were able to really find the humor and then we found, I think we found the heart. And so I, I, I'm just really pleased. And that's, you know, that's Steve Rosenbaum and all my castmates and um, who everybody works so hard to do a good job and I'm um, proud of them. So proud of them because they're all community actors and they all just really stepped up to the plate and they're all saying, this is the best thing I've ever been in. I'm so proud of this work and, and they should be proud of it. And, um, I'm proud of them. So yeah, the, the, it's been a great, it's been great. Congratulations. I mean, that's a great first season. I mean, you don't see that that often where, where people become profitable their first couple of shows, that they find a great space like that. And then you're able to work with such actors. Good on you for doing that. How soon do you get to announce your season two? <laughs> yes, right. Uh, that is such a thing. Um, so Steve is, is still making up his mind and we have to, uh, you know, secure the rights for everything before we can lay down our cards. But we, we, we have a pretty good idea of what we want. Um, uh, but it's also a challenge to make sure we're going to have the actors that we, that we know can cover these parts. We we're learning like these actors in town, they get booked up a year and ahead. So, um, so we're, we were playing catch up with all of that for sure. Cause we would just, did a play and then we go, okay, now we're going to do this play next. And we literally have four weeks from casting to show. So, um, right. so now we need to plan ahead and, and we're using the summer to do that. Well, obviously you and Steven probably have some kind of a shorthand since you've worked together so long through electricity and everything, but you are managing director and he's artistic director. Have you guys found that your styles meld on every, on making decisions on other things as well? Or, uh, or, or how does your styles, you think, blend together when looking for new material? Well, we've been very close friends for like 35 years. Um, we met in a mm -hmm. show called Lesbian Seagulls, where I played a baby seagull with a, who was 
in a diaper who was too young to talk. I could only chirp. And he played a hunter and he wound up raping me. And all I could do is squawk. And that's how we met. He raped my baby seagull. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good beginning. Um, but yeah, we, we, we really are able to uh, uh, give each other the space to do what we want to do. Uh, he, uh, I'm letting him, I'm letting him uh, really pick the plays he wants. And I give him my feedback, you know, and, um, and I'm like, I like this play. I don't like this play. This is why I like it. This is why I don't like it. Uh, so, but, but then ultimately it's it, as he's the artistic director, it is ultimately his choice, but he is, you know, he listens to my opinion, of course. And, um, and we, yeah. we collaborate uh, on, like, I give him my opinions about casting and, and I'm also very fortunate to be an, an acting teacher here. Um, with the Actors Lab, um, I've started a branch in Palm Springs. And so we have been using a lot of my students who were otherwise undiscovered and had never done plays before, but they've been doing such a great job. So um, so that has been a little talent pool. I'm like, this this person, you need to cast this person for this role. And um, and it, I haven't missed on that. They've, they've, they've done it. Well, that so. was one of my next questions. I saw you started that Actors Lab. Um, and that's got to be pretty exciting to be able to have that talent to not only teach, but to draw from. So you kind of answered my questions there. How did that come about getting that satellite office out in Palm Springs? Well, J.D. Lewis is the one who founded the Actors Lab. I think it's 34 years and they have branches in, in uh, across the country in different cities. And, uh, and he has this, uh, a great uh, a, a great pattern to follow about how he teaches. And um, he just came to me. He has seen me uh, work. And he said, I, I, I want you to start a, a branch in Palm Springs. And I was so thankful. It's, I, I love it. I, 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 I studied with Charles Nelson Riley. And so, I, and I remember, I just, nice. I love my class so much. And it meant such a, so much to me. And I, I, I really looked forward to class. And I, I said, so I want to do that. I want to have that situation where people really look forward to class. I want Monday, Monday nights to be their favorite, favorite night. And, um, I, it's, I have great students and, and um, they're doing really wonderful work. I'm so proud of them. And they've all different levels. Some people have never acted before and other people have been on sitcoms. So it's just, it's really uh, a rewarding thing to, to, to get to do that. And I definitely steal my actors for shows when I, when I, when I can. Well, I love that. And they can't have any better uh, teacher. That's for sure. Let's go over electricity a bit. That's how we met five, six, seven years ago now, when it was first coming out in LA. Since then, of course, it's gone Minnesota, back here to Ohio, Palm Springs, LA, and of course, New York. You got to do another run in New York. Um, that's a little play that could, man. I mean, I'm so proud of the way that that's been everywhere. Talk about, brag on that for a little bit on what's been happening lately with electricity. Well, uh, Mel England and I are still doing it. I think we're like, you know, like practically Hal Holbrook doing his, uh, his Mark Twain year now. But um, <laughs> we are, uh, we have, we, we've gotten to perform in New York, but we haven't done a New York run. And that is the goal, uh, our next goal. Um, so um, we were just about there when the pandemic hit. And then it's just been a weird world of like, you know, COVID problems and adding to the expense of a budget. And, so we're finally at that point where it's really, really uh, getting close. I, we absolutely expect to be uh, doing a run in New York later this year. Uh, we've got all kinds of really terrific people on board, Tony Award winners. 
Um, Sufa Caro is a Tony winner. She's also one of the producers on the New York, New York, which just opened. And I got to go opening to the first pre to the first, mm-hmm. the first time there's an audience. And it was so exciting. Cause like I, Lynn Manuel uh, was just, you know, a couple, two rows in front of me and I could see the side of his face and watch him watch the show. It's like, this is a great world. I love this theater world. So I, I have really, really been focusing on theater. I mean, I, I love television and film, but I'm in my theater phase. It was my beginning, my roots, and there's nothing like a live audience. So I'm just really soaking that up. And, and uh, electricity is going to make it off Broadway. It's going to make an off Broadway run, which I couldn't be more delighted. I know about. it's going to. And, and then. Well, I know it's got to. Yeah. It's been, it's, we've gotten so many, so many great uh, reviews and, and word of mouth of how people are impacted by that play. Cause we've been doing, I've been doing it for seven years and um it's just i don't even know how many times i performed it but i i i love it so much and then we just did it the last time we did it was here in palm springs as kind of a, a fundraiser for the benton and going away and we did it in front of them the on the gigantic 500 uh, seat theater with the movie screen projecting the hotel building behind us and then in between the decades because each each uh, scene is a different decade we had all these movies of things that happened in between the decades and we you saw it in the motel room we brought that element on stage because we never exited and we would just go to the sides of the stage change our clothes get our props we're in view of everybody and bring it back into the room and it really works that way and that's i think we finally hit the way using all the different variations of how we've done it we're using the best of the motel room we're doing the best of the theater and we're doing it with the movie screen we're doing the best of a movie theater and we're just putting them all together and it it works it really works so that's fantastic i'm so excited for you in that because it just it just made for uh new york and off broadway so that's very exciting and as you said i can't see you having time i mean you're known for doing all these different web series, working with everyone who's anybody in the business. You've done little small projects along the way, but plays are really the thing now. That's got to be kind of exciting to have that forward momentum happening full time, right? I love it. I love it. Since we've talked, I did during COVID, I did a a show called uh, TV Therapy so I could do shows uh, during COVID, which was each episode was a different classic TV star playing their character again now in a therapy session with the issues that they would have. And, and it was so fun. I, I haven't had time to do any more, but I definitely will do more. Uh, but if anybody wants to see TV therapy, you can go to YouTube and just watch episodes with great classic TV stars. Well, that's one of the things I want to end on because we got to give everyone your website because not only do you have these great videos and I'm Juliet Mills, Wesley Urey, uh, Don Wells, Ted, uh, Ted Lang from Love Boat. But I love, my favorite part of your website, my friend, is your strange but true stories. And I want to kind of finish the interview. You have to tell me about Gabby the Wonder Dog and tell I my will. audience. But first of all, that's one of the that, funniest things. I got to tell you really quickly, this just happened today. Uh, somebody from Diane Sawyer's, uh, a reporter from Diane Sawyer on ABC contacted me today and because they read one of those stories about the Kinley players, which I interviewed all these celebrities, but I didn't, I wasn't a reporter and um, I didn't write anything. I just, you know, I was a kid, but anyway, they were like, tell us a story. We're going to do a, we're going to do a story about uh, Kinley players. And we want to, we want to hear this. And um, 
that was Diane Sawyer today. So yes, I was secretary to a dog named Gabby who uh, who liked me and uh, hired me. And, and and even though I was an actor and I said I can't work full time, this was a long time ago. And Gabby was like uh, Gabby's owner said Gabby uh, hired uh, David Hasselhoff. So I'm like really. And worked around David Hasselhoff's schedule, and 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 I, you know, math wise, was like, well, I guess maybe David Hasselhoff wasn't quite famous when Gabby was alive. So I'm like, okay. And then um, all this crazy stuff happened, and you know, uh, Gabby's owner was stuck in San Francisco, and we flew back to LA, and and Abby Gabby flew in an environment, a little cagey environment, and then we had to fl fly back, and Gabby um, was shipped to Vancouver by mistake instead of San Francisco. And so I'm like, you've got to get this dog back now. And when Gabby got back to San Francisco, attitude, attitude blamed me. And um, you could, she would, he, he wouldn't look at me. He's not going to look at me. And, and, and he loves stories about ducks and farmers. He's like, we're supposed to say, I see a duck or a farmer. And when you drive, wouldn't look, wouldn't look. And then I pick him up to take him to his owner. And as soon as he saw her, he peed all over me. And she said, Oh, Gabby has fired you. And he did. He did it on purpose. And I was left standing in the street of San Francisco in a pea-soaked shirt, no plane ticket back. I was fired by Gabby the dog. And then years later, I run into David Hasselhoff and I'm like, I gotta ask him, right? So it was uh, you know, it was at a party and I'm like, I, I just have to do it. So I I, you know, he was talking to somebody and I said, excuse me, I just have to ask you this question. And I and I I said, do you know who Gabby the dog is? And he was like, what? Uh, he, and he said, you got tell me, tell me, tell me. So I he made me tell him the whole story, and then he's he just he had his friend there, and he just said, um, I didn't work for Gabby, but he said it in a way that I wasn't sure. I I wasn't sure because I thought, well, he didn't even say it in front of his friend, but he really wanted to hear the story. So I don't know. I'm never really sure about that. But yes, I worked for a dog. Ugh. I love those stories. I could do a whole series podcast just between you and Stan Zimmerman and everyone you've worked with in the past and the stories that have happened to you guys. It's like absolutely crazy. Uh, Terry Ray, you are one of my favorite people on the planet. I can't wait to get out to California this summer and yes. have a cocktail or two. Let's do it. Thank you for – I'm so happy you're doing we this. Will do it. I, it's great that well, you're thank doing Thank you. I, I've missed it a lot. I'm glad to – jump into it again and finally get it all going. Um, I've missed it. I miss going to California. Mom and I are going to make a trip out there this summer. And there's a lot of stuff going on that I want to try to hit. I keep saying I'm going to do a, buy a place and semi-retire in Palm Springs and half the time there and half the time here in Ohio. But I, sure. I need to find a place down from you and mom in the, in the, in the community there. All right, my friend. Well, do me a favor. Let everyone know where they can find the Bent Theater Company and where they can find you on social media. You can find uh, the Bent at thebent.org. Uh, and then I have a website that I have that have those stories and it has lots of things on there, but I need to update it. I just haven't had time. So there's a lot of things that have happened since the last time I've updated it. But my website is terryray.tv. And uh, I'm on uh, Facebook as Terry Ray. You can find me there. There's also a page for lots of different things like tv therapy there's a page for electricity electricity uh is at electricitytheplay.com and um i'm also on um they, uh instagram stuff terry ray 906 uh, it's just you know <laughs> a lot 
all those handles. I know how that goes. Yeah. Well, Terry Ray, you know I love having you on. I'm glad we got to talk again. Thanks so much for being on this Left to Straight show for me. My pleasure. Anytime you know it, you know it. I love being on your show. So thank you so much. No problem. When I come down, we're going to have your mom and Jason's mom and my mom have tea, and we're going to go have uh, boys' night out. So it'll be I a love good time it. had by all. See y'all. All right, stand line. We're going to play five questions with Terry next week, so be sure to look for that next Tuesday. And uh, we'll be back very soon. You're talking to the Left of Straight show right here in the Left of Straight Radio Network. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Left of Straight show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com for contests and other news and information. See you next week.